Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. This is Lauren here, and today I have the honor of interviewing Jaguar Woman. Yes, that's her name. And she is a multidimensional healing artist, medicine woman, and visionary mother of the womb nation. She is an intuitive herbalist, ancestral channel, and I I really believe that she's a channel and a poet and a teacher who shares ways to connect to Mother Earth using plant medicines and ceremony. In both her private tea sessions and the Circle of Light Woman Circles, Jaguar teaches how to use the unique self-care ritual of womb steaming as a ritual of prayer and a sacred tool to awaken our innate womb wisdom and divine internal guidance system. So. All of that is so super, super, super powerful and amazing. And she came to this power and this gift of hers, this work that she does through a lot of hard work. I know that she went through a near-death experience and worked so hard to learn how to walk, I believe even to speak again. And she exhausted all sorts of Western ways and went into ancestral medicine, into a shamanic path. And she has risen like the Phoenix and is just this beautiful being of light and wisdom. And I can't wait for you to, to hear from her today. Welcome Jaguar. I love you. That was so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes to everything. (laughs) Podcast complete. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. So let's just start with your story a little bit. Tell us about the journey you've been on. I know, right? Like for any woman, it's like, tell us about the journey you've been on. (laughs) Like start from the beginning and don't leave out any details. More specifically then, to narrow it down, I'm really curious about your near-death experience and the journey of healing yourself and all of the cultivation and therefore wisdom, spiritual knowledge and and gnosis that you now have. I want to hear about whatever you think is necessary and helpful for others to hear. Yeah, I like that. I do think that it's the, you know, like there's this sense of knowledge like in the yogic tradition like the jnana like the body knowledge that's coming from your body why even we move in the different physical postures to awaken like an understanding of quote enlightenment or just energetics or your own fire force within that it's coming from your body and when it you can like get it in the head but when it comes up through your body and then out the mouth. And I always say like, the words don't teach. It's cause my way is like the body way. And it's because, you know, recently I've been, I've been feeling like much more integrated, the pre-death me and then the, the, ja- the Levon me and the Jaguar me, like all of the phases. But that body knowledge, it was that blow to the head, you know? And then that Phoenix energy, like that death and that return. In terms of the logistical, like what, let's just say like what the police report says. I was walking down the sidewalk and in Madison, Wisconsin, and a woman was speeding. She was going the wrong way down a one-way street in a really walkable area where everybody walks and you drive really slowly. And she had passed out with her foot on the gas. So she was accelerating and going faster and faster and was also going the wrong way. 
and was kind of like passed out over the steering wheel. So first she hit an oncoming vehicle, which was not me. That was these two guys. Um, she spun them out. And then that impact opened the hood of her vehicle. So which is how she hit me and kind of scooped me onto the front of the car, mm. which is why I was literally like a phoenix when she then drove with me like into a cozy restaurant where somebody was drinking coffee and she pinned that woman to the far wall. But the impact with the Kosi restaurant sent me flying to Henry and Johnson, which is blocks away, if you know the area, and then, um, I don't know, maybe like seven, eight blocks. And when they found me, my body was clinically dead. So that's like the, so it's like, that's like the zoomed out looking at the movie from the earth realm, like what's happening. Mm. It's like, you see the black woman walking. The lady is passed out in the car. She hits the car. She hits her body. You know, she carries her. She hits. She makes impact with the restaurant. The woman's body flies. She's dead. So on my end, that's the body of Levon, which is the body that we share. Levon Natasha Caesar. That's my government name, like my birth name. So my memory is me Jaguar is being and it's something non-physical. So to encapsulate with the language, the sonic frequency of language is always a journey in itself, but just being the memory of being in the other. And there are many levels and layers of the other where I was, because I've now traveled to other others, but where I was in that moment was like very adjacent, like to the density, but just like right there. So out of the gravity, density, weighted, linear time space, and within the ephemeral, non-linear, like infinite possibility frequency, liminal space, which is why it's not a surprise. It's led to the womb work because that's the womb frequency. Like you're in the doorway to the physical, without time where all can be formed like the black hole so i just have that memory and it's like a taste in my mouth more like of being in that space and then i've now connected with other like death tribe people and they're like yeah 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 she know you can tell how somebody talks about it if they're like you know it's like oh she really was there okay cool which is beautiful i used to say like the doctor that took me because i didn't even understand like the two sides as much but I was guided by a being who showed me this body that you're looking at now from above, like on that, and was like, this is the body of Levon Natasha Caesar, go in there to complete the work. And then feeling like, no, that is not going to be pleasant. And just like a strong resistance. And it was kind of like a one, two, three, which being a minister's daughter, really the one, two, three makes me think a lot of like the temptation of Christ, where he was like, I will not die. I don't want to die. It happened three times, but there was like this one, two, three feeling of being like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. And then the crown that you see like opening and not that I visually saw an opening, but just like a magnetic force field opening suction energy that sucked me down from above into the body to inside and like, like the shift in perspective and now embodiment and then the heaviness and then the weight. Ooh, and, cry. and then the density. And then um, I always describe it like feeling like you took a dive into water and you were floating then the water hardened to concrete around you. And then you were just trapped and immobile. So for me, that was the entry, my first memory of the entry to the physical realm. So it was not a pleasant running through a portal of light in a fairy light kind of energy. It was a heavy shift contrast like concrete liminal to density kind of shift and from there begins the work of the body because the consciousness was still there and i feel like on this path that i've gone my journey has been trying to move kind of from this way to this way my clients have been trying to move from you know the body to touching consciousness and we've you know, met in between and exchanged information. So they've given me as much as I've given them, but that's definitely been the opposing directional force and us crossing in the middle. 
in the womb space kind of did i answer the question yeah oh yeah <laughs> you did and i have questions so when you went into the adjacent dimension right alongside the material realm and you were in one of the spiritual dimensions yeah, yeah. of consciousness and you looked into the body of Levon. could you feel yourself as an, an a being a soul of many lives and looking at this one particular identity and then when you came in do you still identify as being Levon? Tell us about the Jaguar transformation. So, and when I say I relearned talking, it wasn't like that I was um, unable to formulate language with the mouth, but it was that I would more have like aphasia praxis. So I would be like, hand water, pick, pick nanny banana, kind of saying things, but it wasn't um, coherent to mm. the person listening. But I was articulating words and language. And I would say... One of the things that I would say over and over again once I was speaking was Lavon is dead because there was a lot of occupational therapy, for example. So it's speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, trauma counseling, and a whole shit ton of drugs that you're just like right away non-consensually going to go into if you have a brain injury and you come back into the body. That's just the Western way. They're like, we're going to do this, 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 and this. This is the protocol to drug her back into being a capitalist producing zombie kind of thing. So, which is kind of the same as we do with babies. And then we do these different programming. So occupational therapy was a lot of, they would show me photographs. It would be Levon with various people. And then they would, which one of these is you, right? To identify, which is you? And me, I'm just like, none of those bitches is me, you know? It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just like, there was not an association. <laughs> Something interesting that would happen too, like in the nighttime, this is me in the body now, you know, you're half asleep and you like turn, I already had these tattoos. So I would like move, like you're maybe moving in the night and your hand passes your face. That would be one of my seizure or like screaming streams of terror triggers because I was so um, disconnected from the physical body. I would feel like I was being attacked or something, especially if it was happening like in the night as I'm like going back to sleep, be like, who is this hand? And it's like, oh no, that's my hand because you're inside this and it has hands like this. And then wow. like, mm -hmm. How long did it take you to feel fully embodied? I don't feel fully embodied. <laughs> okay, great. I was going to be like, you be like, dang girl. <laughs> I don't feel fully embodied. But what I do now more deeply understand is that a lot of us don't feel fully embodied. And that's right. the journey of being in the body. Right. Maybe it's like when you feel fully embodied, then you're out the body. So it's like a magical descending, ascending, like. Of becoming fully human. Of becoming fully human. And. Mm -hmm. It is pretty glorious, like once you lean into it, it's also arguably terrifying and, you know. <laughs> yeah, the density that you spoke about, I want to speak about that. Yeah. I really appreciated hearing you share that. Oh. For me, someone who has been a intergalactic space traveler my entire life, I wanted yeah. to be a nun, a witch, an actress, Thanks. and an astronaut, and I'm kind <laughs> of all of them. Simultaneously, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, check, 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 and check. <laughs> exactly. And so learning how to, and, and, you know, part of that is induced by trauma. Even like extra empathetic gifts can be induced by trauma and disassociation. Yeah. So I, being in the body, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, like really living in the body, you can feel that density. You know, you you can because the the mind and living in these higher realms, it's a nice way to escape the idea of ascension. I think is really intoxicating, right? And yeah. I think there's some really powerful wisdom and insight and touching of the different astral realms that comes with ascension and recognize like the higher beings and, right. and God supreme. But then there's also what we've been missing is you know Mother Earth womb mama right. and right. i want to hear you talk about your relationship to that 
Right. And all of this ties into the work, you know, it's the root of the work and my work is the root. The clients that come to me are on this path that's like seeking this ascension energy. And that's not what I, that's not the medicine that I'm carrying. I'm bringing it way down, down, down. And it's like um, Malidoma Somme is this healing song. You want to get up to the joy, you've got to go down deep. Go down, go down, go down, go down, go down, daughter. Go down, go down, go down. And to me, that is the frequency code, particularly in the Western world that is missing. Yeah. Everything is coming from the root. If we are just popping off into our Palladian and intergalactic and Lemurian, Atlantean aspects, all of which are valid, right? But then my teaching is you, daughter of Lemuria, daughter of Atlantis, daughter of the Pleiades, descendant of the stars, have chosen to incarnate in the body as a daughter of Earth during a crucial time when mama is like, help me. We're in her and of her and on a soul level have chosen to come through carrying her in a way that we will then die and become her and our grandmothers are in her and they're shooting up roots and flowers this is why the womb steam it's like you synchronize root to root and then you can hear the messages of mama earth not to mention that the attacks are coming from the sky because we are living in a wild time so what they've taken over what we might call the patriarchal frequency, whatever you want to call it, what has been taken over is the sky realm. And it's like sending down, they're fighting for the skies, right? It's like technology. It's all this battle for the sky. Like pull down into mama earth and like, listen to what she has to say. Mama birthed all. So even the sons who are wanting to kill her, she birthed them. So she would know what to do. She's before, after, inside, above and below, all of it, all, all mother is everything so synchronize with the mother so we can walk in clarity so we can cleanse and release who wants the shit that we're carrying the trees want it everybody talks about tantra in this very sexual sexual way and like a lot of very dangerous guru practices have come from a backstory of like it was a tantric moment between me and this person i won't even get into but the true teaching of tantra is the oneness it's like a vedanta frequency it's a oneness it means like that dark seed planted deep in the earth down under the earth is feeling the pulling of the sun and it's reaching up for the light and it's going to like push through and sprout through the dark earth in that dark earth it can't even see the sun it just knows it's there it's feeling it it's inherently programmed into its dna to like reach for the sun and then push up and become a little sprout that's going to become a bigger tree and then that same tree is going to push out some branches then those branches are going to pop some leaves and then those leaves are going to blossom into flowers then those glorious flowers are going to drop down seeds and then those seeds are going to do it all again that's the oneness that's the cycle and it's like people are like shadow work shadow work shadow work is the light work because you start from a little root down side the earth you know so it's looking into that darkness and shining the light on it that bursts the tree that pushes out the branches that sprout the leaves that blossom into flowers that sprinkle seeds back down into the earth so that's the that's what that jaguar woman energy is here and is for and is about that's the medicine that i feel like i'm carrying and sharing yeah Mm. it's the masculine and feminine imbalance yes you know it is like sun as father, light as father, yeah. and everything else and as everything. mother. Yeah. yeah, everything as mother. Yeah, and yeah. mother birthed father. Exactly. So, Brother of the cosmos. Mother is birther of the cosmos. And it's the same why I was just telling you in my work, I work a lot with women who are wanting to conceive independently. It's um, independently is just like a word. It's not really independently, but it is like a principle that evolution in an evolutionary sense is an inevitability, like mother births all. So if mother births all, then all things come from mother. All is coming from the womb space. And if we drop that into the 3D physical realm, boop, same way I dropped into my body, what does that mean? What can we do? It's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. 
Let's talk about the womb space. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> let's let's talk about the power of the womb space. And it, with you and your clients, what do you think is the biggest, first, before we go into the magic of the womb space, what do you think <laughs> is the biggest energy, shame, trauma that keeps women from really feeling the potency of their power within their womb? Yeah. The first lie is that we need something else in order to create. And so it's that divide and conquer. The divide and conquer then spreads out fractally to divide us from ourselves, then from other women, and then from within that women who look slightly differently than within that like racially, then within that like size, and within that like the one who's doing this and one who's doing that. But it's like the first, like it begins, the fractal like begins to come apart from feeling like you within you need something outside of you to understand your own womb frequency power. It's hard to separate the tangible earth aspect of the womb from the magic of it because it's really all so, so magical. But in my mind, um, the first, the foundational fundamental lie is that you need anything outside of yourself in order to create. We're here carrying a portal of creativity in our bodies alone, you know, with pleasure, mother can birth all. And then everything else that I'm saying and doing is coming from that foundational belief that orgasmically, fully contained, the womb carrier can birth all things and then is birthing all things. And then if we believe that to be true, other questions arise. Why have we birthed this or that? What can we do? Right? If we are truly birthing the flow, all the indigenous paths say the womb carrier is birthing the dream. So many paths. The womb carrier is birthing the dream. So we are all connected, interconnected. I'm always teaching there's one womb. I feel there is one womb. And we have simply projected out into various shapes and sizes of women in order to accomplish the work in this interconnected spiraled way. But there's one womb which we have agreed to carry. And this one womb is an energetic principle. This principle is the oneness principle, the creative principle that is source. So, then I want to look at how have we treated the creative source principle. This is why I'm always trying to link or I feel linked in the energy of the intergalactic mother Africa, divine mother, just that mother energy. What are we doing with mother energy? How do we see it? Where are we placing it within the hierarchy of the social framework? You know, that which is at the center and birthing us all. Has this energy been honored? Has it been acknowledged within yourself, within the social framework, within your private altar in your home, within your own body? I forgot your question. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. This is what I was hoping we'd get to is you tuning into the cosmic womb and channeling. So continue on. I don't even remember my question. My next question is in regards to honoring the mother devotionally and listening to how, if we are channeling her, if we are a fractal of her, each one of us as a glorious, beautiful, different woman with different shapes and sizes and colors and talents, if we are all an aspect of her, then ultimately honoring her comes through deep honoring of ourselves. Yes. And I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. This connects to really this birthright pleasure that I'm always talking about. If we can just we can just get to the orgasm. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that is where the birthing frequency comes from. You know, the womb space at this highest orgasmic frequency is vibrating at a level of cellular reproduction. 
So there's something to the pleasure and there's something to the divide and there's something to this womb carrier's sense that like pleasure is this thing over there that I can like get to maybe possibly when I get all the rest of this done. This is why the womb steaming, so many women have their first orgasmic true experience over the bowl. And it's like connecting this like divine birthright of pleasure and this potentiality, the orgasmic potential that is alive in our bodies to understand that that is creating the reality around you. And nobody comes the same. Everybody experiences pleasure in their own unique way. Just as nobody creates the same, we can say all of you create like this same shape here. Everybody will make something unique. So there is the combination of our interconnectivity and then our divine uniqueness. And it's like when we hit that like, ah, you know, and you like send out your pleasure orgasmic howl like into the ether i feel that it's like you're completing this symphony of the whole like we've each come here to like get to that howl so that each of you it's like boom we needed that little triangle and then the timpani and the little flute over there and each of you nobody can copy anybody else it will just create chaos what will turn the chaos into the symphony is everyone singing out their own unique note that will arise in their own unique way you know and it's just really like an additional factor that all of it can rise up from the lavender and the mugwort and the motherwort and the roses and the raspberry leaf and it's like right there in the roots of mother earth she can give it to you better than anybody else can give it to you and she can like take you there and then you can get there in a way that's completely unique and then you ah and then your sound goes out and life is created it's cymatics we create through sound right I was doing this thing um, for a while where I was wanting to have a lot of women orgasming in the same time, like in one space. So I would do these womb steam and yoni egg kind of retreat combos. Not I was doing, it's the same thing that I'm doing now, but I was like very focused on it. I was like, if even 13 of us can have an orgasm at the same time, then the divine like black Jesus will be born. I was just like very focused. (laughs) But there's something about pleasure. It's always the things that nobody wants to talk about and that we've kind of like, pushed to the side, but that are so fundamental. So the uniqueness and the radiance, this is what is achieved in the state of pleasure, you know? Oh my God. I love this conversation. Mm, I love it. Okay. So what about the tension between knowing pleasure is restorative and good for us but feeling guilty for taking the space, the time to resource ourselves in what feels good and really be decadent about it because there are people suffering and feeling that tension of like, I can't have this because other people don't have this, or I don't want to be selfish or a narcissist. I want to be someone who takes action and helps the world. I feel like that's a tension for a lot of really empathetic women. It's been a tension for myself included. Can you share a little bit about that? So the, the, the fundamental principle is the interconnectivity of us all. So that's one, right? So, so the first thing, because the first lie is the division, right? That's the first time. And it's the division that then creates this story that goes both ways. One of the divisive tales is you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Through your just work, work, work until you alone achieve this capitalist dream that like nobody else contributed to and it was just you. And then when you get there to this place, maybe you can sprinkle out things in a charity and like help the poor who are over there, right? So none of... I like you're over there. (laughs) (laughs) They're over there. They're always like over there. (laughs) And what I'm really saying is that that what you are seeing over there was created by your own personal consciousness. Yes. Your own personal consciousness contributed to what is over there because there is no over there. It's all birthing from in here. And how you can birth a new frequency over there is by tapping into your ability to create the world around you. It's foundational. And it's not that you're then just going to be laying around in a bathtub all day doing nothing. That is the fear that was implanted into you by those who don't want you to get to your pleasure. Obviously, pleasure empowers you and it clears your mind 
You wake up clear headed. You're like, here's the plan and here's what we're going to do about it. You know what I'm saying? It's not separate from our movements in the earth realm. It's connected. It's foundational. And it's understanding the truth of the creative force and taking it really like within. It's really the opposite of separating from it. It's like swallowing it all in, transmuting it in your womb cauldron and then birthing out a new dream. This is this is my method. This is the message. I love what you're saying. It's a value of mine to look into the world and whatever I see in the world, recognizing that there is some kind of connection within me. Like even if I can look at like the gnarliest, most gruesome thing and find where I resonate with it and then transmute that little bit in me and find love for that part of me that's afraid or that has hatred or that has greed or that is selfish, then I feel like I'm not only healing myself, I'm helping heal the world and I'm learning how to have greater love for everything I see appearing around me. And that has informed the entire methodology of what global sisterhood is and how women transform with us and how we all heal together and grow together and how that ripples out. And I want to just be transparent that recently I went through this like dark night of the soul got lost in my orientation because I have felt this so strongly in my life and I've operated in this way and I've experienced miracles. And recently got pretty called out on social media for this belief of like being um, able to find love for even the oppressor, even the patriarchy, and like even the ones who are hurting us to find some place of love and believe that we can heal. I got called out and that it was like a white feminist blind spot and that I wasn't seeing the whole truth because of my whiteness that I was being problematic. And it was this thing that I handled well in the moment, but like really seeped into me because I care so deeply. And of of course there's things that I can't see because of the color of my skin. And so I just wanted to like paint this picture and ask you for like a big picture dynamic of the energies of play at play as we navigate healing and all of these issues of race and and connecting and seeing one another and healing together so there's a lot of layers so we're living so what's happened you know in general we evolve not like this in a phallic line but like life is a spiral in a circle so it's like we've come from the one we're like evolving moving returning to our oneness so at this point we're so so close we've come from here we've moved like this and it's feeling like we're so far apart you know what i'm saying yeah it's because we're getting close so the magnet is going like this and there's like a lot of friction and energy and tension when it hits it's going to like black hole new star is born okay so this is a time when we're really attuned to our difference like as a society And we're feeling compelled to like point out differences in others to explain like what that difference is over there. It's getting like, it's not only race, it's like getting like even like more deeply nuanced. Like there's so much difference and we're pointing it out. It's like why this like culture of like, look over there. And then she did this. And the message that I'm carrying in my intergalactic divine mother Africa body is like, everybody be quiet because the words don't teach. First of all, So the words don't teach. Attune yourself to frequency. We are evolving to states where we are attempting, we are evolving, we will make it to states where we will be able to communicate without this need for the language. I can say that because I came into the body and I learned it backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like the energy first was communicating with me when I wasn't understanding the words that people were saying but I could feel what was going on. So it all connects. And I'm not forgetting your question about like race and the dynamics, but it's like, we have to like come in from this root space of understanding like frequency and energy and vibration and like what is happening as humanity evolves, right? We're attempting to come together. This is what is we're trying to do. Now, when people say, when I say honor the mother, 
I'm talking about Mother Africa. I'm talking about the Divine Mother. And I'm talking about the womb space within your body because I also do feel that all of those are connected. And when we look at like how we have treated like the melanated peoples of this earth, it's like something that is reflecting back to us the consciousness that we have. And so we see that and then we say, how can I as an individual, right, expand my consciousness within even my own body to like encompass and birth out a more integrated dream, right? That's what we're saying. And then it is impossible at any time for one person to go in the physical realm and then like solve every, like build every school and like build every church. And it just becomes actually like an ego kind of like circle jerk activity. So we have to pull the energy back in and like begin to create from a quantum space, which is not saying like, I am white woman, I'm only going to like drink tea and have baths, right? That's not what it's saying, but it is saying like, as I explore like my role and my privilege and what I can do as a person to like heal and support the world, I'm going to take these steps from a place of joy and from a place of pleasure. And that's what I'm going to share because running around yelling with your anger is not supporting or helping anyone. It's sharing a negative frequency that is sucking down from the womb of the mother. And what we're trying to do is like expand her to be like juicy and fertile and encompassing everything and like pushing out more joy. Do you feel me what I'm saying? And I'm like, feeling it. Yeah. And like, I mean, also haters are going to hate. They're going to hate on the white lady for being white and the black lady for being black. And then hate on the Asian lady for being Asian and like the whatever lady for being whatever, because that's kind of like the nature of the energy that they bring like to the space. And I mean, it's like kind of a hip hop thing. You always like be grateful for your haters because like what the shit that they tell you makes you like look deeper within. And then you can just say, thank you so much. Ho Pono Pono. Like I will do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's totally my way. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Not to completely like disregard the words. It's like, okay, I'm going to like filter through that and like take like this like piece of peppermint and then this flower and then the rest of the cake I'm going to like put over there. Maybe it can be fertilizer for my garden. So we do want to walk with eyes open and like understanding understanding the realm, the world. I have a lot of like talk from both sides because I do work with a lot of large groups of white women. Sometimes I have women of color say, why are you working with all those large groups of white women? And it's because the work that I'm doing is helping us all. And we are connected as womb carriers. And if you're living a life as a black woman where you've never spoken to a white woman ever, it's just, that's just not real. That's not the life that we're living right now. There's no world. You don't have even a boss. You don't have a neighbor. We're interacting with each other what I have to say part of why it like also can go into the white women's ears is because of like my near-death experience and like the vulnerability and magic and this like softness of how I present I'm aware of that and I'm carrying like this mother Africa message and I'm carrying it to you and you and you and you and everybody listening to this podcast and it's for a reason I'm not blind to it I'm a black woman I mean I live in Mexico now but I've lived in America so I know what it feels like to like feel like the whole country you're in wants to kill you and nobody wants you to succeed and to just wake up every day feeling crushed by the weight of just like your own embodiment. I know what that feels like on an energetic level from the near death experience. I know that I chose being the Jaguar mother to come into a black woman's body for a reason right now. And it's all coming together to create this like cosmic orgasmic explosion. <laughs> And we're going to birth something new and we all need to be involved. So I'm not only telling her or only telling her, I'm telling everybody. I'm speaking to the womb carrier and I'm telling you, get to your place of pleasure because that's when you can create. People who say, don't get to the pleasure. It's because that's the foundation. It's level one. You're trying to talk about your doctoral degree and I'm trying to tell you about kindergarten. This is like the foundational level. And once you get there, you can create from that place. You can think more clearly from that place. You can hear the truth of yourself and others and whatever it is from that place. So it's like, clear your mind, ha! Ah! Like let your howl come out and then let's talk. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Not to mention shape-shifting. The moment we can release being so obsessed with the physical, I totally get it. And we're all just like so into it. Then we can shape-shift and move like as we need to move because I might need to wake up one morning and be in the body of a red-haired man to accomplish this meeting. And I'm like, hey, I'm Jaguar woman. I'm here in this body of a red-haired man. That's how you're seeing me because I'm like shape-shifting for what's necessary for this interaction. And then I move over there to have my whatever and I shape-shift into my other form. We do have these capabilities. And if we were to just release this, like really obsessive focus, like so many layers of magic would open up. But maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> but you think <feel> <laughs> Yeah. I really needed this conversation. You know, <laughs> you're you're kind of like shaking me back to myself after I mean, I think in the last two months since I had this interaction, I just absorbed it so deeply. Lizzie has, we were talking about Lizzie earlier and she has a really good class about like using privilege. I can't remember exactly the title, what she calls it, but she was like, it's a class she teaches only to white people. And it's about using your white privilege for good in society. So it's like, nobody's saying it's a social framework. It's not like you, the individual white lady carrying like this burden of whatever upon yourself, but it's like pulling back, you know, like when in doubt, zoom out. You're thinking you're a red dot, but really you're like a stream of red inside of a rainbow that's like painting that's across like a beautiful jungle. And that jungle is inside of a diorama. And that diorama is part of theatrical like play that's being videoed into a movie. And you're also in the audience. There's so many layers, right? So when in doubt, like zoom way out. So you can start to see all the layers that are happening. And like, yes, one of these layers of reality is a very deliberately constructed, I mean, like to me, the mask, the like the, I don't know, patriarchy isn't an energy, isn't a word that I love, but that is really like the foundation of things. There is a war against yes, I women it's this happening is... on many levels. But yes. Like, zooming out, obviously part of this construction, race is also a construction, like there is melanin and not melanin, but like the whole, the concept of like what is whiteness also was like very deliberately like, like written out on paper by like a few men, right? who wanted to create like a hierarchical structure that would benefit some of us and put the rest of us into the category of the masses. So we created this concept of privilege and I can zoom out, I can simultaneously see there is like a social structure that benefits some more than it benefits others. Also, that Babylon is done. It's done. I'm not tripping about it because Babylon is burning it's completely decomposing as we speak. It's not my focus. I'm here to build. How do we build? We build with pleasure. Who can build? The womb carrier can build. And right now, as of today, it is wombs who can birth. So that's just a fact. A womb can make a baby. And like whoever you are, however you're choosing to express yourself, you came here through your mama. Was there another door? No. <laughs> There's another dog. Oh my God. Preach, sister. Preach. And where are you going to go? You're going to decompose and go into Mother Earth. That's where the body goes as of now. So this is just the current cycle of technology wants to preach other things. Just want to say I love you. I love you so much. But these men, because they can't birth, they make war. Um, So let's talk about that. (laughs) Let's talk about, well, I I feel I hold a unique position similar to what you hold as a black woman that feels like you want to support white women just the same because we're all here together. I am at that. I want to support white women because it supports me as a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And that's the same with men. Like, instead instead of saying, fuck the patriarchy, we say heal the patriarchy. Right. Because it is a disease. Right. That can be carried by men and women. Exactly. I know, me too. I got really excited. Oh it can be internalized. We can perpetuate it. We perpetuate it by competing yes. with each other. We perpetuate yeah. it by not taking care of ourselves. We perpetuate it by believing. Th- I do it all the time by thinking I need right. to work so hard, etc. Right. So for me, part of what's really, really important, and I think this is what we were talking about earlier, the different phases of the healing cycle. And this is why I like found you. And I was like, ooh, she's been through the healing cycle and she's super integrated is because like, while I think rage and grief are so important and they're, they're ener- it's energy that moves and it's important, there is another phase. And right. that is deep, like weeping of compassion for the oppressor, for the ones right. who 
embodied the energy that oppressed without even knowing they were doing it. Some, of course, know, and that's like next level, but a lot of the, a lot of the men, they're just as wounded. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, arguably more wounded, um, but like, although, you know, no need to argue about it, but <laughs> the reason why I love the womb work, it is because it is whether we acknowledge it or not, we're going into the ancestral portal. So we're doing ancestral healing. The other reason why I love this like womb seam womb work, it's like as a tool, it's because no belief is necessary. You can just very cynically squat down over a bowl of yarrow and it's gonna take you places and your grandma's gonna come up, your grandpa's gonna come up and you're gonna be like, oh, and that thing that happened to you while you were six, which is why you're hating the man in your life now, it's also gonna come up, it's gonna come up. It's not something where it's like, really believe in like my energy transmission right now. No, it's just like, take your body, squat down over your yarrow with your salt, squeeze it up. This is like, uh, it's like Mother Earth, Mother Africa Juju. That's what I mean. The words don't need to teach. I want you to physically do something with your body and then like cleanse the portal because we are all carrying many energies. I mean, like it was still legal to lynch a man in the 50s. So it's like your grandpa could have legally killed my grandpa. America's a young country. This is part of what we're talking about. It's a very young country. It's not something like, oh, race was like so back then. These things just happen. So we're still in a phase where it's like, talk about it, get past it, steam it out, process it, transmute it. It's the phases of healing. Somebody get mad. Okay, people getting mad over there. She's going through her grief level over here. Okay, you cry, you howl, like we're moving through it. And to have this like compassion for this interactive dance of, you know, the whole and the transmuting and the alchemy of the reality that we're living, that is part of it. And in order to do that, we need to be able to like hold our uniqueness and also like zoom out and be able to see from this higher lens the dance as it's happening. Oh, she's not just throwing that over there. It's going over there to him. And then he's catching it and he's planting it in the ground, right? And then even in the ground, it's like being sucked up by this over here and it's going to circle back up and then she's going to take it. It's a whole dance. Yeah. There are many moving parts, right? You feel me? Oh yeah. I definitely feel you. Okay. So one thing I've been sitting with which I have already shared with you, is my role as a white woman, knowing that I am the oppressed and I'm also the oppressor. And I have played the role of the oppressor, not only in like personal dynamics, victim, empath, narcissist dynamics, but also as a white woman, I have upheld white supremacy. I have overlooked voices of color in the past. I have done this. I have been, I used to be scared of a black man walking down the street. I didn't even know why. Talk about was, it. Talk about it. That is true. And I remember one time, oh my God, I remember, <laughs> this is so bad. I remember one time, God, okay. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Yeah. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I remember one scared. time. Yes. I remember one time I was walking down the street and I saw this, these guys playing basketball and I saw all these really nice cars. And I was like, who do you think all those nice cars belong right. to? And my friend who was with me was like, black people can have money. Right, right. And I remember that was probably the most defining moment of my life because I didn't even know that right. those belief systems were in were my consciousness. Head. Mm -mm. Right. Didn't even know. And so I've been really committed about being honest with myself about that. And so in programs and on Instagram, I talk about it because I think as a white woman, we have... I have a unique role where I have a lot of empathy for oppression because I know what it's like. Like I have been through abuse. I mean, I have worked my ass off to heal myself. And I also feel that as the oppressor, it's my job to, to listen and to really be in integrity with that. But as a white woman, I think my job right now is to have empathy for the white patriarchal man who doesn't see the way he's upholding the patriarchy. And instead of saying, fuck you, white patriarchy saying, oh God, I get you. And I want to share this with you. I want to share this about how I'm learning about myself so that there can be a dialogue and a connection. Right. And he actual healing because the goal is actual healing. Right. And it's acknowledging that I incarnated in this body into a pre-existing system and a structure 
that is set up in a certain way that has given me a certain perspective and opportunity for privileges that others may not have, right? So it's not like being like weighted down by this sob story of your embodiment and there's like no way to escape it. It's like, this is why the zoom out aspect is also important. Acknowledge, yes, maybe you didn't put that own thought in your head, but it's ancestrally in your head because only a couple generations ago, it was really the only thought running around, right? So it's like coming down through the stream. Also, we're like living in a reality that was deliberately curated to benefit some and to suppress others. And like, while you didn't say, I'm going to be a white woman in this reality so that I can suppress these other people, you have incarnated in a body with inherent privileges within this system. And yes, you didn't sit there and make that system. But if we both walked into a room, like we'd be experiencing two different realities, although we're like equally magical, like equally gorgeous, you know, and it's like the structure of the party that we're walking into, you know, we wear in the same dress, holding the same thing in our pocketbook. And we're like walking into this party. But like, you know, the party is set up to be a certain way. So certain mm -hmm. things are going to happen. I also love what you're saying about the unique voice of the white woman speaking to the white men, because that is benefiting me, who I don't feel I need to take it upon myself as a black woman to speak to the white men. It's like, to, it's like to me, many steps away. And when I go in to be like, hey, white man, this blah, 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 it's putting this like, it's just making me cry. I've even lost my eloquence. So it's like a very beautiful and affirming for me, something to hear when you say, I as a white woman, as the white woman who is like upholding, I don't know, if like feminism is even the term anymore these days, but whatever you want to say. Femininism. Femininism, femininityism, right? That I can turn to my dad and my brother and my cousin and then my partner and then my ex and say, because it doesn't need to be like, and then I make a website and then my whole life is about like saying to the white man this, but it's like, no, you have them right there. I will need to go get them. You have them right there. Say, dad, blah, blah, blah. I've experienced this. And then also I've seen this. And then also I've grown in this way, you know? And then this is also why you, we, you asked about, well, is my pleasure or is my personal path affecting others? Or is it just me being a narcissist? No, it's affecting your dad and your son, you know, and your lover and your husband and your ex-boyfriend and your neighbor and your friend. These are white men directly in your life as a white woman, not like black women don't have any white women in their white men in their life, but they're right there. So yes, you can speak to them. And yes, it'll help you to have an orgasm first. So you're just like super calm and chilled out. You know what I'm saying? If you're like, <laughs> so dad, <laughs> dad, <laughs> I super racist earlier. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true though, because I feel like, um, God, I just, I really do feel for men these days. And it's an, it's an unpopular position to be in, particularly white men, because I know really good ones. I know really good ones. And of course, like I'm a great, I'm a badass, beautiful woman. And I still uphold these, these systems of oppression through the way I have internalized them and inherit them, as you said, ancestrally, culturally. So of course I know white men that have blind spots even to patriarchy and you mention it in such a way and they shut down completely because of the right. shame and the frustration of not knowing how to fix it. Right. They don't know how to it be. Inherently part of what like the masculine can desire is to fix. Right. So then to share all these things, it's like, you did this and this and this, but like, it's a complete like, yeah, but how do I fix? And then you can't are, because you're a man. You can't because you're a man. So it's like, well, then why did you tell me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really a macrocosm of the microcosm of what happens in like very in heteronormative like relationships and really in all relationships because there's always a masculine feminine balance that's happening. So it's like, why did you tell me that if you didn't want me to fix it? But it's just understanding um, and awakening the feminine within also of just like, no, I want you to sit and just listen for now, actually. Yeah. As the talking stick has passed around and now me as a black woman, I have it. And I just want to like tell you some of these things, you know, and fixing it could be a whole different workshop. But it's like you talked about the phases of healing. It's a healing phase for you as a white man to sit and listen to what I as a woman want to say. 
Mm-hmm. That's actually even in like dating relationships. That's that can like mm. I get clients and they're like, we're not getting we're not getting pregnant. I got a lot of fertility clients, and I'm just like, okay, I want you to do this thing where you just talk and you just receive, you just talk and you just receive. You know, you'll get pregnant mm. very fast doing that. Wow, I love that. <laughs> so in your relationship with oppressor oppressiveness what has been the thing that has opened up for you compassion for the oppressor it's such it's really the worst part of the paradigm it's it's worse even than the victim like how horrible think about slavery i mean how sickening you literally were having sex with women that you said were an animal while your wife was watching from the plantation house window we are all wounded in that dynamic. It's like, yeah, you know, so that sickness, it's all over. I, I don't know what else to feel, but, but compassion, it's very heartbreaking to think that we have allowed ourselves as humanity, these behaviors in search of power dynamics and wealth. It's, it's so, so sad. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of I can't think of a worse place to be in the di- in the in the like shape of things than the oppressor. It's right. to be in that place you're it's it's a place of fear. Mm-hmm. It's a place of feeling very disempowered. It's a place of like really like a deep soul like desperation. Yeah. It's a place of really ho- hollowness. It's a disconnection to soul and to self. It is inherently a cry for help. It is, you know, I don't know. I just can boil herbs and pour them on your head. I don't know. I definitely can't step into the dynamic and start like yelling back about it. I can like pull out, observe it. And like, I do, I feel the pain there. We have to pop that pimple ASAP. Mm -hmm. And the masculine, it's like everybody does want to heal and to evolve and to be happy. It reminds me of what you said too about how every we, if we're birthing everything, everything is inside of ourselves. Yeah. And if we're rejecting something outside of ourselves, that means we're rejecting something that we've, that we've internalized yeah. and created inside of ourselves. Yeah. And so that doesn't, con, that's not conducive to healing. No, it is not. It's conducive to this like pendulum swinging energy, you know, mm-hmm. where we just move from there to over there. And um, that isn't like the evolutionary spiral. So whatever it is, There's not an option where we just like remove white men from the earth as they are the scourge. It's like, it's not, that's not going to happen. We need to find a way to you listen to me, me listen to you to create like a maternal container where you can cry. I can see you want to cry, baby. Like it's like that, you know, I can Mm -hmm. see you want to cry. And then those who have the capacity to hug and hold those tears, hold space, you know, so that those who are feeling so wounded that they themselves just need to spread out on Mother Earth and cry can also do that over there. This is, this is what? This is the circle, the interconnectivity. You know? Okay, you white woman can hold your white man. Let him cry and release it. That's his ancestral frequency. Let him do that. You can talk to him about truths that you heard when you were talking to your friend over here, you know? And that you experienced when you were doing this. And he can see it in a different way because he already loves you. And so that's opened his ears. Right. And then you and doing that, which is arguably just something personal between the two of you. You've helped me as a black woman over here, you know, who just needs to like hold this tree and like sob. Because I'm transmuting, I'm releasing. It's my own cathartic moment. And we each equally deserve our own catharsis. And it has to come up to come out. So we must let it come up and come out. And we must curate ways. This is ceremony. I love this. We must curate ways for the release of the howl, both the pleasure howl, the grief, and the rage. That's the tantra, what I mean. Like go deep down into the root and like open it, let it come out, like let it come out so that the light can touch it. The light can't touch it buried under the earth. So like make that space, you know, make that fertile space in the ground so that seed can blossom into a tree 
And once it pushes up through the earth and sees the light, it transmutes, it transforms. The light itself turns that seed, that dark black seed deep down under the earth into the tree. And then that tree continues to grow and sends down other fruits and seeds, you know, that blossom. That's the way it has to be. We can't skip a step. And so it shall be. And so it is, yeah. So when you zoom out, you have a bird's eye view of the great wheel of time and this moment we're in. Yes. This moment of transmutation, this moment of death and rebirth, right? This moment of the time and the feminine, the reclamation of the mother. Right. What do you see as we've already, this might even be redundant because you're speaking about it, but like, what have we not spoken about that you think is really important to know about how to move through these times? That the pendulum swings. And if the pendulum swings and the victim becomes the oppressor, we have not evolved, right? So the victim always desires to be the oppressor because they're sitting there victimized, fantasizing about when they can become the oppressor who's oppressing the victim. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like we're all then in the same, in the same dynamic. We're all in the same energetic agreement. We're all in the same soul level. We have agreed. The one like wielding the whip the one being whipped, the one letting it happen, we're in the same shape. What we're trying to do now is alchemy. We're trying to like melt it all down and then change it from lead to gold. It's going to literally take a new form. That's the new earth. It's not just like breaking apart this angrily and then reconstituting these old pieces into something that looks a little bit different, but is made from the same substance. I'm talking about alchemy. So you got to like melt it down. Then once it's melted, you put the juju on it and it's going to shape shift into something that is another frequency, a higher level of experience. And in order to do that, we do need to like melt away, I guess, what we call the ego, what I would call like our storylines of how things can be and how they have been. And what we need to release is the obsession with power. Doesn't matter what shape or form, whether phallic or womb, that power takes. Many say that the rise of the patriarchy was because the goddess era were just suppressing men and telling them like, go over there, do this, do that, right? And then the poor masculine was like, ah, in the time of like many say, right? That it was like the goddess time just made men seem so little that they got angry and decided to take over. And if that is so, we don't want to just have this same unhealthy dynamic change hands what we want to do is melt it all down all of us and melt yourself down melt everything down melt the whole cauldron down and melt your body in the cauldron right and then call on the divine mother to like birth out something new in a pleasurable joyous way and joyous because it can only reach the level to which it was conceived you know even with childbirth we say that like the consciousness of the child is going to reach the level at which when it was like entering the womb and like being born that's what's going to be happening that's the highest potentiality of that being so we want to like make this orgasmic birth of this new thing in this new way that who knows what it is but we have to like clear the slate and then like let us begin Mm -hmm. yes so for our last question (laughs) (laughs) we ask every guest this question and i feel like you've been doing this since about halfway through the podcast so just continue on if you were to channel the great mother herself Every day. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Okay, now tell me. (laughs) So this is the standard closing question. Everybody gets asked this. Jaguar, if you were to channel the great mother. (laughs) In this very moment. Yes, babe, tell me. To channel a message for all of us, what would she say through you? Yeah, so in addition to steam your vagina. Yeah, I think um, channeling the great mother is is the path. And I think the dominant message that I feel from her is just this look in, like look in, look down, look in, you know, like we are here, sons and daughters of earth, made of earth. We move held by earth. Mother earth is everything. The great mother is everything. There is nothing else but the great mother. So we are the great mother. 
So just to turn and it's like Oshun, who we didn't talk about, who holds the mirror. We can talk about Oshun. I love this. <laughs> you know, take your mirror and like look in and with an awareness and a compassion that can allow for the darkest dark to arise. It's like the awareness and the compassion are like setting the framework like mama's arms around you and then can all arise. So there is a lot down there and it's got to come up to come out. So we need to like create this very maternal container within ourselves, around ourselves, of ourselves, and then let whatever needs to come up, come up so that it can come out so that we can melt it all down and create a new. But if you want to get up to the joy, you've got to go down deep, go down, go down, go down. You want to get up to the joy, you've got to go down deep. Go down, go down, go down. I think that's the... And so it is. And so it is. Jaguar, tell us where we can find you. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram, Jaguar Woman. And um, I spell woman with a B, with the womb. So W-O-M-B-A-N. You can find me um, on wombnation.org, the website. And every month right now, I'm steaming my vagina with a group who've agreed to help me like hold and carry the work. It's the New Moon Womb Steam. It's an application-based system. You apply. You can apply for a minimum of a trimester, three months. And you're like, yeah, Jag, I'm going to steam with you was because um, I felt like I was carrying this big work alone. And then I thought, I can't do that. <laughs> That's not the way. And then I kind of released it out. It's like, who wants to help me out? And it's been really beautiful. So we steam. I put together a different recipe. I meditate every month and kind of put together a recipe. And then if you're in the US or Hawaii, that recipe comes to you in the mail. And then we steam on Zoom like this. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Sounds yummy. It's pretty okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll see all of you listening on Zoom with Jack. <laughs> Next new moon. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Time in the Feminine podcast. It's been a true pleasure and honor to be with Jaguar Woman. Go ahead and look her up, follow her, join her programs, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time in the Feminine podcast. It's so fun and such a privilege to have these conversations with these incredible guests. We ask that you follow them, support them, like their work, buy their books. And it's an even greater privilege and honor that you, sister, are listening. And so we want to give back to you. If this episode was meaningful, let us know by giving us a review and come join us in Circle. Every new moon, we have a donation-based circle. No woman is turned away. So come sit, show your face, listen, be a part of the community, and let us dive deeper and do this work together in action, in practice, together in sisterhood. And for those of you who are already holding space and want to dive deeper into this art, you are invited to take Sacred Facilitator or any of our facilitation programs that we have throughout the year. So go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more or follow us at the Global Sisterhood on Instagram. Episodes drop every single Thursday and we have some really beautiful episodes in store. So until then, loves, much love and a big, big hug.